Welcome to Season 3 of The Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. If you've listened to any episode of this podcast, you do know we focus a lot on innovation districts, the spatial geographies where talent and ideas come to cluster and connect. The Association of University Research Parks is a member-driven organization, and it counts among its membership research parks and innovation districts across the globe who have as their anchor research universities and academic medical centers. This robust organization of several hundred districts comes together once a year in a different city around the world to exchange ideas and best practices in the industry. This year, they're in Toronto, Canada for the 2022 International Conference. They were kind enough to invite the Commons to come and speak with some of their members. So our first episodes of Season 3 will be interviews with park leaders from around the world. I hope you enjoy. This is The Commons, and I'm Tom Osha, and we are back again, broadcasting live from the International Conference of AURP, the Association of University Research Parks. And we are in Toronto, and sitting across from me this morning is Kimberly Graham, who is the Chief Innovation and Entrepreneurial Officer at Tulane University. Kim, welcome to The Commons. Well, good morning, Tom. It's an honor to be here. Excited to talk with you today. Well, it's great to have you here because one of the things that's come up in a couple of the interviews that we've done so far is the importance, really, of programmatic activity. Right? We can be in beautiful buildings. We're here today in Mars. There's wonderful buildings and innovation districts around the country. But if it isn't the programming that helps support entrepreneurs, give them the resources they need, as well as help universities bring their own discoveries out of the laboratory into the marketplace to improve the human condition, we're not doing innovation. And you are one of the best people I've ever met at doing that. So tell me a little bit about your experiences and what other practitioners need to be looking out for as they try to create their own kind of innovation hubs. Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. I think that I've been blessed to work at multiple universities in very different parts of our country. And so I think that I have a somewhat unique perspective in comparing and contrasting the things that work programmatically versus the things that um, would be a challenge. And I think over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, um, I've been able to sort of hone in in terms of what makes impact. And a couple nuances that I've learned over the years, uh, in particular, is the co-development and engagement with the faculty and community to create things that, um, you know, if you were, you know, in the in the academic world, they call it a needs assessment, mm-hmm. to identify the things that currently exist versus the things that don't in support of programs so that you can build things that are, are robust and engage the partners and faculty are co-creators in the development of programming as well as community members so that... Um, 
your partners and you kind of, you, you become a team in building innovation support. So now I see why you're so sought after is people are asking about your programs because often when I talk to people who are, who are in your chair, who do tech transfer or have it under them, it's a very transactional business. They're, they're taking something and they're doing something to it rather than this very partnership, collaborative environment that you're describing. That's right. You know, um, I have a, a belief that faculty doing research, they have a research agenda and they're passionate. They've dedicated decades of their life to the development of this research. And entrepreneurs um, are very similar in the way that they interact with problem solving. And somehow I see that in them in the way that they work. And when you bring those worlds together to support them, they actually are, they're, because they're so passionate about their work, they really want impact to be the output. And so um, building community and figuring out the identity or the fingerprint of a region and the enterprise that might be the actor, which is typically the university, and driving that is, um, is not always obvious. And so the power in innovation comes from what is unique about the research being done and what is unique about the people that support the community in which it exists. So I love this fingerprint, right? Mm -hmm. it, because you know, it, it, it carries common elements, mm -hmm. but it's very individualized as well. Correct. Correct. So, so you also mentioned impact. Talk to me a little bit about what that means to you. Right, is a lot of folks that talk about impact, but nobody really knows how to measure it, what it is. Um, talk to me a little bit about what impact means to you. So, you know, we measure everything in an innovation center and, and at the Tulane University Innovation Institute, we, like others, will be measuring things um, that, that matter to our leaders and to our local governments and that sort of thing. Um, but as a champion for innovation, I'm looking for um, the unspoken, the things that make people tick to do the things that are really difficult to do in building innovation around the research enterprise. And so impact to me is, for example, I led a panel last week where our president was there with a couple of research uh, folks and uh, a student that is a PhD student in our innovation program. And she is um, from New Orleans, born and raised in New Orleans. And one of the things that is important to her is to be able to find a way to stay in New Orleans. And so as a PhD graduate in innovation, the, the roots that she has in the community that is so important to her and finding pathways and bridges for her to connect and be all that she can be um, may not always be a metric. A lot of folks talk about the brain drain, right? And, yeah. and their students leaving, but not a lot of people talk about the solutions to try and keep them in town rather than, you know, some say, oh, I just get a big company. Mm -hmm. It isn't always just getting a big company, is it? No, it's not. As a solution to that, I am brainstorming ways to create innovation fellows. And so we have a group of people who want to help to support this in a big way. 
Um, we are the home to the New Orleans Saints and the Benson family, who owns the New Orleans Saints, is really honing in on how they can support our community and this brain drain effect from leaving New Orleans and going to Houston or elsewhere in the country. And so thinking about ways for technologies to spin out of the university and and creating a fellow around Merrill Wright, who has a PhD in bioinnovation, and, and potentially um, supporting a, a startup and uh, maybe even managing a portfolio in these very early stages until we can move a technology through preclinical and clinical study. These are the kinds of experiences that underrepresented populations need to have access to. And if, if I can be creative in supporting programming and rally our faculty and our provosts in the way that a person like Merrill can be in our community three years longer, as I'm out there trying to recruit industry, that is the traction that we need. But the nuance is that it is so important to her, her family, and everybody that touches her in terms of innovation and the way that she becomes a champion for innovation as an underrepresented uh, person in our in our ecosystem. That is mission. Yeah. Right. Right there. So. Are there differences between, I know you've only been in New Orleans a short amount of time, we're in Lubbock at Texas Tech before that, are there differences between a more suburban, low-density, geographically isolated place like Lubbock and a more urban, connected, uh, you know, major city with all the good and bad that goes with that Mm -hmm. problems of a New Orleans? Yes, I think, um, you know, again, going back to the fingerprint analogy. There are some unique strengths. Um, There are some, obviously, there will be infrastructure gaps, things that um, need to be developed in, in both areas. I think what New Orleans has going for it is that it's a place where people really want to be and there's easy access in and out of the city um, that um, connects us to the outside world in a way that um, maybe a place in West Texas is a little bit more challenged. And that matters. That matters to industry a great deal. It matters how you connect to um, capital. It matters in, in lots of different ways. There are unique strengths in each one of those cities that I think make it strong. And you have to build capacity in those strengths and um, I think um, in New Orleans, uh, we'll have an opportunity in this um, medical district around where the, the downtown campus is to create critical mass um, where that would be more challenging in a more rural environment at, in Lubbock, Texas. Are, are there differences between the types of universities as well? Is it harder to do this mission-based work at a private institution than it would be a public Yeah, I think there are some interesting perspectives, uh, but it all goes back to leadership. A lot of this is um, how our leaders think and are trained around innovation or the lack thereof training and, and how they support environments and enable people to do this kind of work. Um, and recently I was interviewed and I kind of chuckle about this, but they said, if you had a magic wand, what would you wish for? And I said, well, university work is mission-based and it's usually based in research and education. And I would add a third pillar and I would call it innovation. 
and I would say, okay, so how do we plug in the innovation and the research to build those bridges so that whether you're public or you're private, that we're thinking about ways of, of creating these ecosystems to support our students and the talent and, and continue to make um, the U.S. competitive. And thank you so much for framing that up. I don't have a, a magic wand question for you. So instead, what I'll ask you is, <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The best piece of advice I've ever been given. You know, I think that um, in a university environment, everyone needs a champion. And being a female leader in this work that I do, um, it's so important to identify people that um, believe in the mission that, you know, education brings opportunity to people. You know, my grandparents came over um, on a boat from, you know, during or after World War II and to this great country. And so I think to make inroads and opportunity, um, you need champions. And I find that being a leader and uh, having access to build things that will create these bridges for others is still very, very important work. And for me, it's very mission-driven, even though a lot of our work around this space can be transactional. It's important to fan the flames of the American dream. It's so important, the leadership, as you talk about it. When we think about innovation, it's really talent. Mm -hmm. And what does talent coalesce? It coalesces around leadership and those who connect people one to another. You've been doing that for your entire career. Uh, it's great to see you now doing it at Tulane, and it's wonderful to have you here with me talking about it. So thank you so much, Kim, for joining me today. Thank you, Tom. You're the best. Oh, you are too, too kind. <laughs> this is Tom Osha, and this is The Commons coming to you live from AURP 2022 in Toronto, Canada. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests. To view additional material about today's episode or guest, submit questions or story ideas, or to learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash insights. You can subscribe to The Commons on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thank you for listening.